going to ask you if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bible to, on your tablet or your phone or whatever you got to the book of 1 Peter. It's way in the back. Uh, if you're on a tablet, obviously, you just type, type in 1 Peter and there you go. We'll, we'll get to there in just a moment. I'm going to do something this morning as we start and we begin that uh, I don't guess I've ever done before in my life. But obviously today we're talking about freedom and we're celebrating the, uh, the birth of America which many would say has been the greatest country ever in the history of the world. We'll let God decide that, but we do know that America is a fantastic country. And I dare tell you what I feel and what I think and what I believe, it is still a great country. Do we have our problems? Yes, and so do all other countries. All other countries have problems too, and we have problems. But thank God we have a process by which we can work through those problems, and I'm very thankful for that. So it was on July 4th in 1776 when a group of men came together who had been formulating a particular document. They'd spent a lot of time on it, a lot of effort, a lot of thought, a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer. But it was on this day that 52 men signed a document called the Declaration of Independence. And I'm going to read the last paragraph of that document. So here's how the last paragraph of the uh, Declaration of Independence goes. The representatives of the United States of America in general Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world, the rectitude of our intentions, due in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have the full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. 52 men signed this document establishing the beginning of freedom for America. There was still much to do. Many would lose their lives, many would fight, but it was the announcement that we are free. You know, there is always an announcement that we are free, and then there's the battle for that freedom. And thus it is with Christ. Christ declared us free, and yet there was a battle for that freedom which sent Jesus to the cross. Today we're talking about freedom. They pledged their lives, their fortune, and their sacred honor because they believed freedom was possible. It didn't look like it was possible because Great Britain was not mediocre Britain. It's incredible how intimidating when you put great in front of your name is, but you know, they had a track record of colonization. They had a track record of establishing colonies all over the world. And America was going to be a prize jewel. 
But God had a different plan, and thank God for it. I love Great Britain, wonderful, but thank God for America. They believed freedom was possible because freedom is possible. Why is it that we as human beings have such an overwhelming desire for freedom? It is because we were created for it. Why is it that halfway through this year, we look back and go, oh, man, this year's halfway over? It goes by so quickly. When you talk to older people, they talk about how quickly their life has gone by them. It's just like, wow, I remember when I was doing this and that. It seems like just yesterday. It goes by so quickly. Why is that? It is because we were not made for just simply the hundred years that we get here on this planet. We were made for eternity. And therefore, this time period in this season of our existence is so quick because it's so small. We understand inherently that we were made for eternity and not just for a little bit of time. It was C.S. Lewis who said, If I find in myself a desire which no experience on this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. Galatians 5.1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. That's powerful. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. He didn't set us free to put us into bondage, but to make us free. The first words spoken by God to Adam were three words, You are free. Isaiah 58.6 says, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free? In Luke 4, 18, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. In Luke 13, 2, says, when Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, woman, you are set free from your infirmities. John 8, 36 says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. 1 Peter 2, 16 says, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Let's read what the Word of God says there in 1 Peter Chapter number 1, and we're going to start at verse number 13 and read through verse number 21. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your heart on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's works impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect." He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. 
I want our hope and our faith to be in God for the freedom that he has for us. And I know the group in whom I'm talking today, the vast majority of us have obviously are followers of Christ. We've accepted his forgiveness. We are in connection, in contact, in relationship with God. But yet God has, is not through with us. He has freedom for us that we've not yet experienced. Freedom for us from the things that want to pull us back and bind us and keep us from living our fullest life. He has freedom for us, and that's the freedom that we're really going to hone in on and talk about today. But when we talk about freedom, what are we talking about? Freedom from what? The answer would be from perverted pleasure. That would be a good definition of sin. Sin is perverted pleasure. The Bible tells us that there is pleasure in sin, but for a season. Now, the word perverted, we use that in, in a real close context today. But the word actually means when something is perverted, it means it is having corrupted from its original course. And that's what sin does to us. It, per, it, it perverts the course that we're on. It takes us in a different way. It's not a detour. Sometimes God takes us on a detour, but the detour will take us to where we're supposed to go. But sin is a perversion of our course that does not take us where we're supposed to go. And that's why sin is so debilitating. It is so powerful, and it leads us to death, the Bible says. But God wants us to experience pleasure. Pleasure is good in the eyes of God, and it needs to be good in our eyes as well. We can't shun pleasure, all pleasure, because we think that it's something that God doesn't want us to experience. He wants us to be free to experience pleasure, but it must not be a perverted pleasure. Following Him means we're going to be blessed, but also with difficulties and with persecutions and with trials, but we're blessed even when we're going through all of that. The world in its mindset of corruption the lack of morals tries to pervert our way, tries to pull us back into less freedom than what God has for us. All of these things are promoted many times by Hollywood, many times by the university, and many times by Washington, D.C. But God has called us to freedom. Aren't you glad God has called us to freedom and not to bondage? And so when we talk about freedom, we've got to understand that freedom is given to you by two things. Number one is promise. The first thing that we see here in verse number 20 that we just read, he says, He, Christ, was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. God brings freedom to you by promise. Even after Adam and Eve sinned, one of the things that God did in speaking to them says, you know what, I see what you've done, I see the damage that's been done, but guess what? There's coming a day when he, the Messiah, will put Satan under your feet. Even way back in Genesis chapter 3. So Christ was given to us by promise. Salvation and freedom are given to us by promise. It wasn't that God just woke up one day and said, yeah, you know, maybe I ought, maybe I ought to do something to make him free. But God, in the very beginning, before the world was created, said, I've got a plan. I know how this thing's going to work. And he provided for us promises that said, one day you're going to be free. And then he's also told us we are going to be freer than what we have ever been before. 
And that's what we're here to talk about today is becoming free. So for every one of us today, whether you have been serving God and following Christ for 10 days, 10 years, or 100 years, it makes no difference. God has freedom for you. How many of you say, you know what? I want the freedom God has for me. So we're moving into freedom. It was given to us by promise, but it was also given to us by purchase. If you look there in verses 18 and 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you by your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. We were purchased. Our freedom was purchased. I want to ask you this question. If you were to go into a restaurant and you were to order the biggest steak that they have on the menu, the big steak, and that's a big price, that's why I don't get it. <laughs> Plus, I don't think I could probably eat it all. But if you order the biggest steak, but they brought you a hamburger, number one, would you eat the hamburger? But number two, would you pay for the steak? When you pay for something, you want it. When you pay for something, you have the, the right to say, uh, that's not what I ordered. I'm going to get what I'm paying for. I'm here to submit to you today that Christ paid the ultimate price on the cross for your freedom. The question that each one of us must ask ourselves is, is he getting what he paid for? In other words, am I living in the freedom that he paid for on the cross? Or am I still in bondage? Am I living in that freedom? Or am I still bound? Am I, do I still have these high levels of anxiety? Remember, Back in November, we talked about anxiety is good in the right place and the right measure and for the right reason. But the high levels of anxiety, is that God's plan for our lives? What about emotional distraughtness? What about physical illnesses? What about depression? If we're living and walking around in depression, is that freedom? I would submit to you, no, it is not. What about unforgiveness, the bondage that comes to people when they refuse to forgive? God says, I want to set you free from that. I want you to experience the greatest freedom. I paid for it, and I want you to have it. Let me ask the question a different way. Back to the restaurant. If you paid for somebody across the restaurant to get the biggest steak, but they brought them a hamburger, wouldn't you say, wait a minute, I am demanding that you serve them the steak I purchased for them? But wouldn't it be a shame if that person said, I'll just take the hamburger? Are we settling for the hamburger when God bought us the biggest steak? I don't want to settle for a hamburger. How about you? Un unless you're vegetarian. Then the whole illustration breaks down. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. We've been talking for the last several weeks about the gifts of the Spirit and really referencing the fact that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that we have the freedom to be all that God's called us to be and do all that God's called us to do. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Are you filled with the Spirit today? Have you said, God, I want to be filled with the Spirit? I want, I want 
me to decrease and for you to increase in my life. That's the very thing that John the Baptist said. I must decrease, he must increase. God, take out of me the bondage. Take out of me the things that are holding me back. The things that have me bound that I just have not been able to break through. God, would you, by your sovereign power, break through those barriers, release those chains off of my life so that I can live in the freedom that you paid for. The first three words that God spoke to Adam is, you are free. You are free to eat of all the trees of the garden except one. You're free to eat of all the trees of the garden except one. Wouldn't it have been horrible for Adam and Eve to walk around the garden and go, well, yeah, we can't eat from that tree. And <clears throat> I don't think we should probably eat from that one either. And God probably doesn't want us to eat from that one either. And, and that one, probably not that one either. Wouldn't it be bad if they tried to play God? Wouldn't it be bad if they were to say, well, we, we can't eat from that one and that one and that one, when God only said, it's just one you can't eat from. They would be limiting their freedom, voluntarily limiting their freedom for no one's good. It wouldn't help anyone. It wouldn't help God. He's God. And it wouldn't help them to live any better. And is that not what we do sometimes? We say, oh, well, I, I'm not so sure God wants me to have that liberty and that freedom. I mean, other people can really be expressive in their praise before God, and they can lift up their hands. I, I, I can't do that. I want to, but I can't. I want to be that free, but I can't. And God is saying, you can be free today. You can be free to be expressive in your praise. And you can also be free to be quiet in your praise. You can be free to forgive. Free to give free to be all that God wants you to be. That's the freedom that he has paid for. So we cannot limit God by saying, no, we, we, we can't eat from these other trees. No, God says you can eat from all of them. You can be free in all of them. See, when we wish for less freedom than what God has created us for, we are wishing for less love and not more. We're saying, God, I'm only going to let you love me so far. It's like ho holding your hand out and saying that far, no further. We're saying, God, I'm only going to let you love me so far, and that's all I'm going to take. Because when we wish for less freedom, when we live in less freedom, we're living with less love. Not by God's design, but by our, our own deception. So I'm going to ask an important question today. It's a straightforward question. I, I'm not trying to to put anybody back on their heels, I'm just gonna ask the question, what lie are you believing? What lie are you believing? I have to ask myself that question all the time. I truly do. I say, what, what, is there any lie that I'm believing that it's not gonna help? No, lies never help. What, what am I believing that is not truth? How am I living in a way that is not in alignment with God's word. That's called discipleship. That's called growth. That's called, you know what? I don't want to be the same that I was last year. I want to be closer to Christ, more like him, living in the freedom that he offers us. That's called growth. That's called moving forward, following Christ. Don't we see this in the apostle Peter when he was in the boat? Remember, all the disciples were in the boat. 
There's a storm. Jesus comes walking on the water. It was Peter who said, Lord, if that's you, just tell me to come to you. And Jesus said, come. What was happening in that moment? Peter was walking in a greater level of freedom than he had ever walked in and greater than all the other 11 disciples. Because he said, all of a sudden, I am free to participate in a miracle. It wasn't because of Peter that he walked on the water. It's because of Jesus. So all of a sudden, he goes, wow, I'm able to do something. I'm able to participate in something that I've never experienced before. I think about Mary and Martha. Remember Mary and Martha, their sisters, Lazarus, their brother. They were tight with Jesus. They were, they were great friends. The Bible says that Jesus was a friend of Lazarus. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. Of course, when Lazarus became sick, they sent word to Jesus. They said, um, you know, he's, he's not doing well. You need to come. You need to pray for him. You need to lay hands on him, speak words of healing. Jesus, it appears that he intentionally delayed. And so then Lazarus dies. And he comes to the tomb, and, and it's the, the verse that says Jesus wept, shortest verse in the Bible. That was the kind of relationship that Jesus had with Lazarus and the two sisters, Mary and Martha. It's tremendous. But do you remember the time when Jesus went to the house to teach? And there's a crowd of people there. Mary sits at Jesus' feet with all the other people, and she's taking it in. And she's like, man, this is awesome. Everything he's saying, I'm just absorbing it. What was Martha doing? She was doing what some of us do. Now, we're not pointing fingers. Don't nudge anybody near you. But Martha was doing what a lot of us do. She was busy with the urgent, and that's what caused her to neglect the important. You find yourself caught like that sometimes? Just busy with the urgent. This has got to be done right now. I know that's more important, but i got to do this. And we gravitate toward things that are less than what God has planned for us. And it holds us in bondage. It holds us captive to say, I know I should, but this is what I'm going to do. And sometimes it becomes a lifestyle. And what did Jesus do? He didn't say, Martha, you're crazy. He didn't say, you're dumb. He didn't say, I can't believe you. He didn't condemn her at all. He just came and said, Martha, come on. You're worried about so many things. It's okay. You should have been over here. Come on. And he's saying, I want you to grow beyond the level that you're, I want you to have freedom that you've never yet experienced. What is it right now that God is speaking to you about? What is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about your life? Those areas of your life where you say, man, I just, I just feel like I'm, there's, there's something binding me. I want to progress for it. I want to go for it. But there's just something there. And that's the very thing that the Holy Spirit is pinpointing today. He said, I want to set you free. I want to set you free. God created you to experience all he has promised for you. Jesus paid the price for your sin so you can live in complete freedom. In Luke chapter number 13 and verse 16, we see the, the, the statement here that Jesus makes a, after healing a woman. There was a woman who was in the meeting that they were in, and, and he calls her forward. He sees her. She is physically sick. She's 
crippled. She's bent over. She's, you can tell physically just by seeing her that this woman is, is not in good health. And so he brings her forward and he says, you are free. You're free from your infirmity. And of course, there was a crowd of really religious people around him. And they said, this is the Sabbath day. What, man, healing on the Sabbath? What? And Jesus responds here. He says, should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath from what bound her? 18 long years. Can you imagine? After 18 years, you've developed a mental pattern that this is the way it's going to be. This is the way it's going to be. I'm always going to be this way. And Jesus comes along and he says, no, 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 no. I've called you to freedom. I didn't call you to live that way. I've called you to freedom. Sin causes those things. I'm talking about overall sin. I'm not saying this woman's sin. That's not what I'm saying. But sin overall causes us to have these problems. And we've all sinned. We've all fallen short. And God is saying, that's not the main issue. The main issue is walking in my freedom. I've set you free from sin. Now walk in my freedom. And so he's saying, shouldn't this woman be set free? She's had 18 years to get used to that way of living. And he's saying, but I'm setting her free. And I'm saying to you today, it doesn't matter how long you have had bondage, how long you have not been able to break free. Jesus is here today to set you free. The power of the Holy Spirit can and will set you free. Jesus understands what it's like to experience something of a binding nature. Because after hanging on the cross, which he gladly gave himself for, they did not take his life, he gave his life. Big difference. But then after hanging on the cross, he died. He didn't faint. He didn't just go, eh, well, you know, I'm going to kind of go into pseudo-death. He died. His body died. And now there's this thing called death that is right there, if, if you will, holding Jesus. And yet, what Acts 2.24 says, But God raised Jesus from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Man, that's powerful. So, in other words, Jesus knows exactly. He was tempted in every manner of man. He experienced a physical death. And he knows that because death could not hold him and because you are connected to him, whatever's binding you can't hold you if you'll walk in faith and be free. So here's my question today. What declaration of freedom are you going to sign today? What declaration of freedom? The signers of the Declaration of Independence knew it was going to be tough. They did not know how it was going to turn out, except that they had faith in God. You see, if you, if, if you know everything, you don't really need faith. But when you say, God, I'm trusting you, I'm walking by faith. I don't know when, how, what, I don't know what's, I don't know tomorrow. I don't know next year, 10 years, a decade away. When you walk by faith, you don't have all the answers, but you know the one who has the answers. And today we declare 
we are going to be free from depression. We are going to be free from anxiety. We are going to be free from unforgiveness. We're going to be free from physical sickness. We're going to be free from relational breakdown. We are going to be free from a way of living that may have taken us into 18 years of our life. But in the name of Jesus, we declare we are going to sign a declaration of independence and say, I will not be bound by unforgiveness anymore. I am free in Jesus' name. I will not be bound by a way of thinking that leads me in a deviated, a perverted path. I am going to think the way God wants me to think according to his word. This marriage that has been difficult for so long, in the name of Jesus, we are going to walk in the freedom that God has given us. That's what God is saying to us today, freedom. So what is it? What declaration of freedom are you going to sign today? Just a declaration say, I'm going to be independent. I'm leaving that so that I can walk in the freedom that God's given me.